What's up, y'all? You're listening to One Fan's Opinion, the podcast where I offer my views on the Carolina Panthers and North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm your host, Neil Curtis. I'm no expert, but in my opinion, it's a great day to keep pounding. What's up, Panthers fans? You are listening to One Fan's Opinion. I am your host, Neil Curtis, and today we're going to do a little bit of a draft recap. Alright, so I know a lot of people are pretty excited about this year's draft. Um, folks are kind of excited about the picks that we made. I'm going to be honest right away. I am not super excited about this year's draft. Um, I um, wasn't a fan of where we took some of the picks we did. I wasn't a fan of some of the trades that we made. Uh, so, I don't know. It just was not... It was, for me, overall, it was a pretty underwhelming draft uh, this year for us. Uh, I felt like we probably could have walked away with a little bit better value, um, but I don't know. Uh, I guess time will really tell exactly where it falls out and how it falls out, but um, uh, and yeah, time will tell, so we'll see. Uh, so I'm going to kind of recap a little bit, um, starting uh, from the back end of the draft, uh, mainly because I actually liked the back in this draft the best um i really liked our last two picks uh our last pick um 145 uh being jamie robinson uh safety out of florida state uh, i like this guy especially for where he was picked uh these this is the type of pick that i really get behind is like that was a great pick um and because i look at it from uh who the player is you know how like the talent level of the player, like how good they are, how they project, but also like where you're getting them from. Um, so for us to get uh, Jamie Robinson at 145, I think was actually a really good value. Uh, I think it was a really good spot for him. He probably could have and should have gone higher, uh, really in my opinion. Um, going back and look at the tape though, I will say this, uh, one thing, uh, going back and looking at the tape, uh, you really notice that at least with the highlights that I was that I got was able to watch, I would say about three quarters of his highlights are very similar to watching like Jeremy Chin, um, really coming down in the box, making some great tackles. Dude hits really hard, uh, hits um, for hits much bigger than he is. I would say um, saw a really good hit he put on Travis Etienne. Uh, that took him down, and Etienne, I think, at least on film, looked a little bit bigger than uh, Robinson. So, uh, plays, I think, bigger than he is, hits harder than um, you would expect, uh, keys in, and has really, really fast, really great rush, um, especially coming in on the quarterback, and I would just say, great uh, downfield uh, tackler come, coming in. So a couple of really great blitzes on the quarterback and uh, stopping running backs um, at the line of scrimmage or shortly after. So the only problem with that is I really feel like we've already got that in Jeremy Chin, um, which isn't to say that uh, Robinson isn't good in coverage. He had a couple highlights uh, where he was, uh, did have some great plays in coverage. But the ratio, I think, had leaned very much much heavier towards uh, his 
uh, tackling and stopping the run or uh, hitting the quarterback and not as much in him breaking up passes. I would say even when I saw him, you know, highlights of him breaking up passes, a lot of those he was like, it was all about timing. Uh, I think coming, uh, playing in zone coverage and coming in and meeting the receiver at the same time that the ball met the receiver, which is great. Uh, but if you get that timing off, if that timing misses, instead of getting a nice pass breakup, you're getting a, a pass interference. Uh, I much prefer him to his pass breakups to be play, playing on the ball and not so much on the receiver meeting the ball. Uh, so that was kind of my takeaway from Jamie Robinson, being able to watch a couple highlight videos of him uh, from YouTube. Unfortunately with that, you know, you're not going to get to see any of the misplays watching highlight videos. And with my access, I'm not going to be, be able to see all the plays and you know full games in all 22 for Robinson. Moving on from him, uh, next pick up from him at 114, I think it was, was uh, Chandler Zavala. I hope I'm saying that right. Out of NC State guard, out of NC State. Really like this pick. I was uh, definitely a interior offensive lineman that I was hoping the Panthers would be able to pick up uh, in later rounds. Definitely someone that I thought was going to get swiped from them. I it's, it's the type of player that I have my eye on and think that would be a great player for the Panthers to pick up. And then someone swipes it from them, you know, five or six picks before they can get to it, and we miss out on them. It seems like it you know, happens every time I see a player that I like I'm enamored with, it happens. And I thought for sure that was going to happen with uh, Zavala. It did not, and the Panthers were able to pick him up. And there's already a lot of uh, chatter out there about him pairing back up with Iki. Um, just like they did at NC State and just really wrecking uh, defenders, really laying it out there, moving up the field, game blocks. And uh, I think he's going to be a great addition and do a lot of good work for Miles Sanders, um, making lanes and um, opening that up for him. A lot of pickup up that left that left side, I think, is going to be really, really strong uh, moving forward. So great pickup, I thought, uh, there with uh, Zavala. I think it was what, 114 or something. And moving up from there was our loan trade of the draft, um, actually. Moved up from pick 93 to pick 80. I was uh, having breakfast with my family and happened to pick up the phone to check to see how things were going when the I got the notification that the Panthers had traded up uh, from 93 to 80 and was super excited to see it happen. Uh, the trade with the Steelers was actually a trade I've done, I think in a couple of mocks, but definitely it was a trade I had done in my last mock. And uh, I think I used it to pick up a tight end I think when I did it, it was uh, Sam Laporta. It may have been Luke Musgrave, but I think it was Sam Laporta. Uh, unfortunately, in this case, Sam Laporta was off, um, had already been uh, taken. So had Luke Musgrave. But somehow, Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia, big uh, tight end, uh, incredibly physical, very athletic, uh, especially for his size, moves really well, great blocker. Uh, off the line, but also a very uh, quick and uh, very handsy, very good uh, pass catching tight end as well. 
uh, maybe not the production uh, you would have expected to see from a uh, tight end with his traits, but definitely uh, a tight end with uh, a lot of upside that could really make an impact. And I thought, as well as I think probably three quarters of Panthers Twitter, thought, all right, we're going to get him. We're going after Washington. And the pick was DJ Johnson, uh, defensive end, uh, outside linebacker, uh, edge rusher, uh, pass rusher, I think is uh, what they called him at Oregon, uh, with the 80th pick. Nobody saw this coming. I So few people had him on their radar. Uh, not at all, I think, uh, evaluate, or not a lot of in-depth evaluation uh, on him pre-draft. And really kind of a surprise uh, pick there. And honestly, really a pick that once you go back and kind of read through what happened, read through Joe Pearson's column um, on it on, here, on the Panthers day two of the draft uh, his column with the athletic really a lot of signs pointing to the fact that it looked a lot like a panic pick uh, Scott Fitter mentioned that a lot of, they saw a little bit of a run going with the defensive ends uh, there at the top of the uh, third and really wanted to make sure they got up there and got a defensive end because they knew it was a position of need and kind of, and as and then alluded to the fact and Pearson pointed out that was one of the last defensive ends on their board so that tells you he wasn't even you know that high up on their board to begin with and they gave up um, pick 132 to be able to move up and get them and it, it I guess um, it's not so much that, you know, that they picked this guy. I guess he's looks like he's got, you know, a lot of good high-end physical traits. Uh, he's incredibly, he's really fast uh, for his position, for his size. But to give up two picks uh, to move up or to be able to select this guy just seems a lot, like a lot of value to give up uh, for somebody that was so far under the radar Um and not really a consideration. I think most people expected him to be to go like in the late uh, fifth round, uh, even as late as the fifth round. Here we are, not only drafting him in the third round, but moving up, giving up a fourth round pick to draft him. Uh, so just seems like an extreme overpay, um, and I don't see a lot. That I don't see him bringing a lot that will separate him uh, from who we already have uh, playing on the left side. Um, okay, either Gross Matos, uh, Haynes, or um, uh, blank on the last one. But look at what, who we already have rotating through on the left side. I just, he looks like another rotational player for the left side. Really did not make a statement or pick up somebody who I think will make a statement on the left side like Brian Burns is making on the opposite side. So not a fan of that pick. Not a fan of the tr- trade-up to make the pick. Uh, and just all around not, not happy with that at all. And really kind of put, for me, a downer on the entire draft. From there, from there on, I was fortunately Zavala and Robinson were the next two picks, and really kind of helped lift it back up. But after that, I was just not uh, 
just not feeling it when that happened. Prior to that, second round, pick number 39. There was a lot, there were a lot of options on the board for Carolina with this pick. A lot of really good tight end prospects. I've said it um, from the very beginning. I don't think this tight end room is complete. I don't think what we have is good enough. I think Hayden Hurst is an upgrade from what we what we have had. But, I, but even then, uh, he's kind of a, uh, what do you call a road player where he just kind of gets traded around every two to three years from one team to the next. And every time you wonder if he's going to like, put it together and actually have um, a good amount of production, and he just doesn't. And after three teams, you would think that uh, the consensus would have kind of finally come together and realize that maybe he's not going to have that um, great and upside and that um, high of production. Um, same thing for Ian Thomas. Without, I mean, the fact that he's been moving around a lot. Obviously, he hasn't been moving around a lot. He's been with Carolina and got re-signed somehow. Not a lot of production coming out of him. Uh, Tommy Trimble, still, I'm still willing to you know keep the book open on him. Uh, see if he can take another step forward this year. This is going to be his third year. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential, and I feel like he should really take a step forward. But you know, with those three guys, did not see this tight end room uh, being complete and ready to go, and really thought uh, tight end should have been um, higher on the Panthers board than as it than what it turned out to be. And there were several great options still there. I think Luke Musgrave was still on the board. Uh, Darnell Washington, obviously, we just talked about uh, on the board in the third round, definitely on the board here. Would have been fine with uh, a Darnell Washington pick at this point. Uh, BJ Ojolari was still on the board. Derek Sanders, who, you know, at various times throughout this season, uh, people thought he might be a first-round prospect. The guy is awesome. Another guy who really keys in downfield. Incredible hitter. Uh, really looks like uh, he's got a nose for football, a nose for sniffing out on um, the offense um, and where the play is going. Seems to key instinctively uh, to where the play play is and just a very would be a very high-impact player uh, for any defense. Uh, instead, uh, the Panthers selected wide receiver Jonathan Mingo uh, out of Miss, uh, Ole Miss. Really like Mingo. Really think he's a, going to be a, think he could be a very good player. However, with our other needs and the talent level uh, of the players that were still on the board that could fit our other needs, I did not see wide receiver uh, being worth our 39th pick, um, especially for someone like Jonathan Mingo, uh, who doesn't offer a whole lot outside of what we already have in the uh, wide receiver room. He seems a lot like and has a skill set very similar to LaVisca Chenault. Um, and then even a couple of the other folks, uh, I think he compares to um, pretty well. So. I didn't see the point or the value in selecting him so high um, or making it a priority to select him when he does not provide anything really beyond what you've already got. Uh, he might be able to outcompete and uh, get more playing time than some of the other guys. And so he might end up being, you know, kind of a 
receiver two, receiver three, uh, and then maybe eventually next year compete for receiver one. But I don't know. Um, and I just really didn't see that kind of that skill set that separated him from everybody else that made it worth picking him at pick 39. I really felt we should have gone for defensive in, uh, focus on edge for that pick, and then uh, with again with 93 and probably moving up to 80, looking at a receiver um, at pick 80 or so where that became a tight end or a wide receiver. And if Mingo was still around then, absolutely draft that guy. Uh, I saw in tons of mocks and it was constantly simulated. Um, I think some people talked about him being a third round, maybe a late third round pick. So if Caroline had moved up to the early third round to pick him, we'll have been perfectly happy with that. Uh, I think my happy space for this draft probably would have been coming away with Ojolari at 39, Mingo at 80, and then Zavala and Robinson uh, from there on. I, it would have felt like a much stronger draft at that point. Uh, of course, we don't know that Mingo would have lasted to 80, um, but it's, it's possible. Uh, it just seemed like uh, the way people were talking, uh, the way scouts and uh, pundits have talked, he would have been there um, at least in the early part of the third round, if not even the late part of the third round. And then moving up from there, um, obviously the number one pick uh, for about a week and a half at least uh, prior to the draft. Uh, everybody was talking about it, the fact that it was looking more and more like it would be Bryce Young. And sure enough, it was Bryce Young. And I've already kind of pontificated on this enough. Not the biggest uh, fan of that pick. I think Bryce Young will be a fantastic player. Uh, I think he's going to do um, amazing things. I think it's going to last for about four years. Uh, I the jury is out for me uh, on that. It's just I I don't see the longevity longevity there uh, for Bryce Young. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the dude plays for like ten or fifteen years. But someone who has to rely on his evasiveness uh, to keep plays going uh, or to play and compete in the NFL, uh, as, they, as he ages, that is going to go away. And I don't know what he's going to have to fall back on. He's not going to have, you know, the pocket, the ability to stand in the pocket um, and deliver the ball like a lot of other quarterbacks can. Uh, he's not going to be able to take the kind of hits that other quarterbacks can and eventually I think it's going to catch up to him a lot sooner than it will to everybody else so that's my quick take uh, on the draft uh, that we had again like I said some great back end picks I thought really high value those are kind of picks that I say are like excellent elite picks uh, when you're getting a lot of value for the position that you're drafting and then on the front end, I felt like not as much, a little bit more of a reach with a definite head scratcher right in the middle um, end of the third round. That's all for me. Uh, guys, check me out on Twitter at UNCNavy03. Uh, check out my podcast on hopefully Apple by now, but definitely Google, Stitcher, and other formats. Uh, like and subscribe if that's the thing. And uh, I will talk to you all later. I am out.